Super Talk Mississippi Media Production. You're listening to Thunder and Lightning on Super Talk Mississippi. Covering Mississippi State sports like nobody else. With Sports Talk Mississippi's Brian Haydad and Robbie Falk of 24-7 Sports. Powered by Taylor Construction Equipment. Whether you're looking to rent, lease, buy, or for service, contact Taylor Construction Equipment today at taylorconstructionequipment.com or call 662-446-1048. Now get ready for Thunder and Lightning. This is Thunder and Lightning here on Super Talk Mississippi. Brian Haydad and Robbie Falk here with you on a Sunday afternoon. Thanks for joining us here at supertalk.fm or wherever it is you get podcasts from. We appreciate all you guys out there, our great listeners, especially our servicemen and women out there taking care of us. I want to thank our sponsors over at Strange Brew Coffeehouse and Churn and Spoon Ice Cream. Start your day the right way with a trip to the drive-thru over at Strange Brew Coffeehouse here in Starkville or at Brupolo over in Tupelo. It would be a little weird, Robbie, if Brupolo was in Jackson. Yeah, that would be a little. That actually wouldn't be very weird. That would not be weird at all. Well, it would be weird if Brupolo was in Jackson. Yes, that's the point. But it would not be weird if, if Strange Brew had a Jackson location. Brucen, ah, you know, nah, probably Brutison is where they would be. Brutison, yeah, they'd be in Madison. Oh yeah, that's true. Yeah, yeah I think but I think Madison would be a. Benefit. It would have to look like a big brick house. Yeah. Yeah, like yeah, a castle. Yeah, it's, they have their standards there. The in tyrant Mary would make like, oh, you gotta make it look this way. I kind of like that. Do you? I I don't. I I like to like when I'm driving. I want to know that what a McDonald's is. Like, okay, that's a McDonald's. Like, I, I, I kind of like the what is like, it? The uniformity. Yeah. Of it. You're a very conformist person. I I like the fact that Mississippi State is making all their bricks look the same. That, now that's important on a campus, I agree. Yeah. But I think like McDonald's look are supposed to look like McDonald's. They shouldn't look like banks. Well, I I, I would feel a lot better going to that McDonald's than the rundown. Now rundown is one thing, yeah. Like but, nasty. You, know, it, you just don't like McDonald's. Let's just be honest. That's very true. It's true. Wherever you are in our great state, you can enjoy Strange Brew Coffee each and every morning. Just go out there to strangebrewcoffeehouse.com and in order it to be shipped right to your door. Don't forget when you support Strange Brew Coffeehouse, you support the Bulldog initiative college corner and collegecornerstore.com is the place to find the maroon and white merchandise that you are looking for including all of the great interlocking msu merchandise robbie falk rocking an outstanding interlocking msu polo today looks great on him and you can look that great too you just got to go to college corner and collegecornerstore.com two locations to serve you in the jackson area they're originally by fleet feet flowed by the half shell or you can shop online at collegecornerstore.com. I did go to the Oxford location uh, this past week on Friday, and I will alert you as a Mississippi State fan, there's nothing in there for you. Just, just, just nothing there. But if you're an Ole Miss fan, it's great. It is fantastic. If you are a Rebel fan, they've got a lot of great stuff in there. Uh, I'm very hopeful that a Startable location will be with us uh, very soon because it was very, very nice. Uh, there in Oxford. So College Corner, collegecornerstore.com, that's the place to find your Mississippi State gear. We did indeed have lunch at Restaurant Tyler on uh, on Friday, and it was indeed delicious because it's just that way every time. The best one, and I, you went to, you didn't go there for Sunday brunch today, but I'm sure you saw probably a line out the door uh, at Restaurant Tyler because that's just the way that it is. Everybody knows that's the best place in town. So lunch, dinner, or Sunday brunch, if you want to have the best meal in Starkville, you've got to go to Restaurant Tyler. 
16 Priority One Bank locations throughout Central Mississippi. Here to serve you. I'm already rusty, by the way. I'm not supposed, I shouldn't have done Strange Brew. That should be later. Oh. That's okay. It's no big deal. Wah, wah. They're gonna get a little. They're gonna. You know what? I'm gonna give them a freebie today. Just get a. They, they're gonna get two. They get two. Call uh, 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 sixteen Priority One Bank locations throughout Central Mississippi, ready to serve you. Go to PriorityOneBank.com to find the one nearest you, and you can start putting together a, a a relationship that's going to benefit you and your family for years to come. When you are talking to somebody about financial decisions, do you want to talk to your friends, your neighbors, the people in your community, or do you want to talk to complete strangers? It feels like an easy question to answer. Robbie and I are always talking about eating locally and shopping locally. It's just as important to bank locally. So if you haven't already, head over to PriorityOneBank.com to find a location near you. If you live in central Mississippi, there is a location near you. So, check them out. Priority One Bank. Let Priority One Bank make you their priority. All right. It is. <laughs> yeah. It's like we needed a little filler there. Yeah, I did. Yeah. Mississippi State 48, Southeastern Louisiana 7. A game that. Uh, brought some some headache, but finished completely appropriately. It would be would be the way I look at it. Um, a lot to talk about. One man is going to lead us off. One man will give us the the lowdown on what he saw on Saturday afternoon and why we should be pleased, displeased. I don't know what he's going to say. Let's find out right now. Tell him, Falk. Well, all right. So it's not bad. We're ready. All right. It's back, Brian. Football's back. Three P's were back. Tell them Falk's back. Things are true's back today. We're excited. And my observations from the game, I told you in the first quarter when you were already starting to get a little uh, squirmy up in the press box, you were starting to get concerned when it was 3 to nothing. I won't lie. You're accurate. And, and I will say you had a little refrain on that. You were, you were trying to hold yourself back, trying not to jump to conclusions but I told you, let's see, let's see how it plays out. Let's let it play out. I'm gonna, I'm gonna allow them the entirety of the ball game before I start rushing to judgments. And I'm glad I did that because I feel like I leave the ball game the same way that I did coming in. My my opinions on Mississippi State have not really changed. I I don't think that this offense is suddenly terrible. I don't think that it's suddenly the greatest offense in the world. I still believe what I believe about the offense. Um, you know, defense concerned me a little bit in the first half, but the way they recovered was good too. I thought the fact that they got better as the game went on, the fact that they weren't stuck in a rut the whole ball game is a very good sign. It means that they were one a little rusty coming out of the gates. The offense was probably, you know, it's a it's a brand new offense. They're trying to adjust to making the calls on the field in an in-game situation, things like that, there's going to be a little bit of um, hiccups there. But they got better and better as the game went on. That's a very good sign that you saw that the, the team was kind of getting its footing. So, yeah, that's a. I, I thought that was very good. Um, the defense, I thought they should have been a little more um, dominant, I guess, for four quarters, but I, I – you know they gave up a I think a 79 yard drive and 16 plays for a touchdown and other than that maybe 150 maybe 100 and something yards of offense the rest of the ball game they did what they were supposed to do we said coming in this game and we had people tweeting us in the middle of the game this is why y'all shouldn't 
This is why y'all shouldn't be rushing to judgment saying State's going to blow somebody out. And they beat them 48-7. to seven. Mm-hmm. That, that it's, They did exactly what we said they were going to do. I don't care what the first quarter looked like. I want to see what the rest of the three quarters looked like and how the game ended. And at the end of the day, State covered. State beat the brakes off of a team that they're supposed to beat the brakes off of. So I'm not going to rush to any judgment that this team's going to be worse than we projected or better than we projected. They did what they were supposed to do for week one. So um, to me, I liked uh, just a couple of things. I really liked the play designs from Kevin Barbet. We saw a few things there that really excite me. The you know the toss sweeps, the reverses, um, you know the screens. I thought that the play designs and the scheme looked very good. The execution was not always great, but the scheme looked very good. Mike Wright really stood out to me as a dynamic playmaker like we knew he could be. That's a guy you got to get some more options uh, in there and, and really utilize him in the passing game too. I think there's some things you can do with him. Uh, but overall, 48-7 to is exactly what you needed out of this team in game one. Get get the hiccups, get the rust out of the way early, and this team um, can have a good season. I think this week against Arizona needs to be the same way. They need to come out, attack it, and have a clean ball game. I mean, that's the thing that a lot of people aren't talking about. Very clean game. I think Jaden Wiley fumbled the football on a punt. They recovered mm-hmm. that. but One penalty, is that right? I, I don't know, but there is a, it was a very disciplined ball game. They took care of the football. All in all, it was a win for Mississippi State. Blowout, clean game. A lot of players got to play. I cannot find any wrong in this game for Mississippi State. I think if, if you were going to nitpick, which we will, and you're going to say something was wrong, you would. It, they started slow. That, that's all you would probably say, right? That, that the first quarter was, was, was concerning, but once they got going, they got going. And... From there, it was a pretty, uh, pretty easy, uh, a very easy win for Mississippi State, much as we all thought that it would be. So, they don't have penalties on here anymore, do they not? Go to the stat oh, there it is, there it is, there it is. Yeah, one for fifteen. Yeah, one one penalty for what was the penalty? It was fifty. Oh, it was uh, face mask. No, not face, face it was, mask. It was. It was a was face, face mask, mask on the kickoff return. Yeah. Wow. By that's, a true freshman. Yeah, that's the only penalty for the whole game. That's pretty good. That's amazing. That's pretty good. So. All right. Well, before we uh, we get into the rest, let's uh, move on into the rest of the show. That's brought to you by our good friends over at the Mississippi Beef Council, who want to remind you that beef it's what's for dinner. One of our listeners was text or tweeting at me earlier. Is like, hey, I'm at the the, the Starville Kroger. They still have tri tip. What do I do? I was like, I think they got it. Get it. You know, ask ask the what I'm always telling you guys. Ask your meat market managers. Ask your butchers about what's going on, and they'll take care of you if they can. It's still grilling season. Football season is still, as far as I'm concerned, grilling season in the South is year round. It's never so cold that you can't fire up the grill. I I, I grilled outside during that ice storm. Yeah, I, I cooked chicken out there. <laughs> grilled chicken. I did. Yeah, I barbecued some chicken. Well, you know when it's cold, then, you want to. I was hang out? standing on a block of ice that was like a foot deep. Yeah, when you you get you and it's cold outside, firing up the grill, you get to go. It's warm. Exactly. Makes sense. I lit a fire outside too. It was just a there you go. Great afternoon. So, guys. Hit hit the grill hit the grills up. It's Labor Day weekend today tomorrow. If you're you're enjoying yourself, if you're cooking out. Get some beef. Beef. It's what's for dinner. Thanks to our friends of the Mississippi Beef Council. Two Brothers Smoked Meats in the heart of the Cotton District is the place to find smoked Southern soul food. 
I know it was busy all weekend because it's always busy at Two Brothers because everybody knows what's going on there, that the food is fantastic, the people are great, and you're going to have a good time every time at Two Brothers. And again, when you go to Two Brothers, when you when you support them, you support the Bulldog Initiative. You just can't go wrong at Two Brothers Smoked Meats in the heart of the Cotton District. Great products, great service. Every business likes to promise it to you. They deliver it to you at Advantage Business Systems, and they have for going on 49 years. That's a long time for anybody to do anything in this life, let alone keep a business open. And the only way you can do it is by taking care of your customers. So when you need customer service, when you need great technology for your business, new products, you call Advantage Business Systems. That number is 601-362-9192, or you can visit them online at absms.com. Find out how Advantage Business Systems helps your business do business. The Collegiate Collection at the Rogue. First off, Robbie and I both noticed this yesterday. The pro- proliferation. Oh, I, I said it. Excellent of, word. Of state script, M over S, interlocking, walking bully polos. It's great. It's great to see. I everybody, mean, it, it's, it's as many as I've ever seen. Everybody's coming around. It's and it's crazy. because of great places like the Rogue selling you those polos because they've listened to you. They know that that's what you want to see, and they're providing it to you. Great, stylish polos with the logos that you want, and, of course, the legendary customer service that comes from one of the South's top men's clothing stores. If you haven't already, look, go check out the Collegiate Collection at the Rogue and Jackson, or you can shop online at therogue.com. Don't live the three-stripe life. Shop at the road. And and by the way, three different people told me yesterday mm-hmm. they got their state script shirt from the rogue. So there you that, go. I mean That makes me it's happy. crazy. Yeah, I, I was you wouldn't believe the people that I talked to yesterday that said I went and got an interlocking because you guys really were pushing that. I went and got a state script. Yeah. We're making something happen, bro. We're making a difference. We're changing the world. There's a movement. It really is. And we're behind it. It really is. So, Robbie Falk, today is the first podcast after a Mississippi State football game in 2023. That means one thing. It is time, once again, for these are the things that are true. I have nine of them today. They're and all true, unless, they are, unless I say they're all not. True! Unless I say they're not, they're like not, last no, year. No, Bob. They are not that way. <laughs> they are true. Number one, the first two are kind of self-serving. I'll just go ahead and tell you that. First off, Robbie and I will never have injury updates during a game. <laughs> I'm glad you met, you have a PSA here on this. Everybody's te- what happened? Not only tweets, but like my own friends are texting. Like, what's going on with Tulu? How would I know? They don't tell us in the press box what happens. And if you are, if you're at home, if you're at home watching the game, you have a far greater yes. chance of getting an an up injury update than that. But Robbie and I will. If you text us asking about an injury, we literally will not know the answer. No I'm, chance for us to know the answer. I mean, sometimes I don't even game. know when a guy's hurt. Yeah. I, saw, I I did see Tulu go into the tent. Yeah. But I have no idea when some I'm like not random paying attention guy. To that. I'm no. not. Okay. Number two. Robbie and I do not work for Mississippi State. So when you have questions about anything in the stadium. Video board stuff. Yeah. I, I had the Hale same question State as y'all did FB. too. Somebody asked about the, the video board and their lack of replays. I was told, I think you said this too, that there was some sort of mechanical issue. Or, or not mechanical. Something's but wrong something with the wrong. replay yeah. machine. Whatever I, the- what I will say is this. 
that's unacceptable. All right, the last home football game was played in mid-November of 2022. You had nine months. You should have that squared away before the first home game. That's not acceptable. But that being said, people asking, you know, what's this? What's this? Where do we? I don't know. I don't know. If I knew, I would tell you. I promise I would. But I don't know. I just don't know. And neither does Robbie. Brian gets as irritated about this kind of stuff as anybody. Yeah. I know he's listening, but I'll just uh, Jason Crowder. It's like, hey, what's wrong with Tulu? And I just look at him. I was like, two seats down. Said, Dude, I was like, did they put it over the broadcast? Did they say it over? I don't know what's wrong with him. And then, and then hey. he said that I was his favorite member. Yes, of he Lightning did. Because I, because I you made him mad. I snapped at him. I, I apologize for snapping at him, but I was just like, after I'd gotten, it's like, hard to snap. I had gotten Jason. ten texts like, yeah. what's wrong? And I'm like, I don't know. I get them all the time. Yeah. And, like, and and I will send back to like a group message like. Guys, yeah. you you are watching this game on TV. Yeah. Much better you chance had a better of the sideline reporter telling you than yeah. me telling you. So, all right, now we get into the actual yeah, did the game. Sure. Yeah, number three, you have to play the whole game. Yes. All right, and this is something that Mississippi State fans. I, I, I say Mississippi State fans. All fans are. Bad it is about everybody. It. It's like it starts slow, and you're and you're ready to you're ready to jump in the in the river. It's like the the whole game has to be played. State won this game by forty one points. They had f- over 500 yards of offense. Uh, let me make sure if my number is correct. And they gave up just over 200 yards of total offense. Mm-hmm. They put together one scoring drive that is almost 45% of that total. Yeah. So one drive was 79 yards. So that means the remaining... 16 dr- plays. 16 plays. The remaining of the game, they got 129 yards of offense. And that was in the first half. It's not like that yeah. was yeah. You know, that was and one of those I, things you could adjust. And if they with. could just make a tackle, yeah. they they would have you know on third and twenty. So you have to let the game play out. And Robbie's correct. You know, the first half I was get I was just like, what's what's going on? But I was too though. And, and, I was too. And because they weren't playing well. Mm-hmm. And I think Zach Arnett and Barbe and Brock and Will Rogers they would all tell you the same. Like the first half, you, you, you know, that was not good. But they got it figured out. Well, so. I mean, Georgia won a game yesterday. Very similar circumstance against probably a who they similar, play? Middle Tennessee, not okay. Middle Tennessee. UT Martin, probably a worse team than South, Southern Louisiana. I don't. I don't know a whole lot about UT Martin this year. The exact same but, score. Yep. As Mississippi State, uh, basically the same numbers. They they threw for a lot many a lot more yards than State did, whereas State ran for a lot more yards than they did. Uh, they gave up more yards on offense mm-hmm. or defense than uh, than State did, um, and the same thing. It was seven nothing at the end of the first quarter. It was seventeen nothing at the end of two. Yeah, and these then, games happen. Yeah, I mean, but, but I mean, this isn't this isn't uh, an epidemic everywhere though. It's, we, it's not a Mississippi State, and we can't stop it. I mean, it's just it's just going to happen when you have Twitter and you have message boards where people can vent. We have extreme thoughts too yeah. during games. Yeah, I just you hold know, we, them in. Yeah, like we, it's it's just part or I of tell it. Robbie, one of the exactly. Two. Yeah. It's just part of it, and that's you know you you kind of have to filter through that. And for the people that do that, just can you just hold it off for just a little bit? Do you have to immediately jump in there if you're if you want to come in there and say like yesterday I tweeted there was a terrible defensive drive for Mississippi mm-hmm. State, and it was that was yeah. a, it was despicable. Yeah. I mean, you can't have it, a drive like that. Can I say it? First one of the season? 
Go ahead. It was putrid. It was the first team defense, and they yeah. were missing tackles. I mean, they were running like toss sweeps with not LSU. Like they were running like the less miles toss sweep with not LSU players, and State couldn't stop it. And it was just it was driving me insane. Yeah, it's okay to say that was a bad drive. Yeah, but do you have to come in there and say fire Matt we, Brock? Well, no. Uh, there were people coming there. We made the wrong hire yeah. Zach Arnett. Like. Why can we not just call what we see like what it is? Why do we have to jump to that kind of extreme? Yeah. Like that always just like drives me crazy. I agree. And it's why but it's why like places like message board geniuses exist because yes. they They've see made this a stuff. living off of this. Yeah, thing. I just like I, I I don't understand the immediate like run to why do we hire Zach Arnett? Why is you know Will Rogers quarterback? We can't recruit. Like it's just it's a never ending thing and then an hour and a half later, Mississippi State's up forty-eight to seven. Yeah, and if you would have said, if if I would have given you a sheet of paper and said, "Here's the final score, here's the total yardage, and all that, no turnovers," everybody would have taken that. Everybody would have said, "Yeah, forty-eight-seven. We have five hundred yards. Yeah, I'll take that." But it's because of the way it worked out in the first quarter. All of a sudden, the team sucks. Like I, I just don't understand. But this played out the same way last year. I remember. Game one against Memphis, and people were kind of irritated with uh, parts of that ball game. They covered. They went to Arizona. People were you know mad because they didn't come out and they covered. So state covers. They did exactly what they were expected to do. I didn't see any glaring issues. I mean, I'm I'm fine with it. But next week we'll do this all over again. I'm sure. Yeah. Uh, n- number four. There is no question that starting like that against Arizona could cost you the game. They got to come out of the blocks faster next next week. They don't have any choice because Arizona is a Power Five team. They have players. If you if you play like that in the first quarter against Arizona, you could be down fourteen to nothing, and then you're you're trying to dig out of a hole the whole game. So they that that's what you know that's what the first thing on the on the checklist is for Zach Arnett is fast start for Mississippi State this week. Yeah, for sure. And I, I really attribute attribute this to new staff, new offense, new scheme, all that stuff. I mean, you're playing a, a real game. The, the scrimmages and stuff, that doesn't matter when you get on the field. You get around the, the fans, the atmosphere. It, it's just a completely different thing. Um, and so, I, you know, I attribute a lot of that to guys having some nerves. Um, you know, the coaching staff is – Trying to get on the same page with the players in the middle of that atmosphere, it it is a change in offense, um, and a change in scheme and blocking scheme and all that stuff. So, I mean, it's just hard to believe that the team could come out there on game one and every single person be in sync. Um, and you know, somebody mentioned today that they were told that there was going to be no seem like there was going to be nothing wrong with the offense. There's going to be some ups and downs with this offense. If you came in expecting this offense is not going to miss a beat or it's not, it's, it's, they're not going to have their issues, I mean, it's going to have some issues. But moving forward, they got to start limiting those issues. They've, they've got to start coming out and having a good first possession, get off to a good start, just like you said, and, and having a flow in the offense. They, yeah. they had some situations like the last year um, – and you know the previous three, four, five years where they would go, uh, you know, a couple possessions or whatever, and 
um, kind of struggle on that side of the ball, struggle to move the ball, struggle to finish drives, things like that. But I really do believe that eventually things are going to iron out and they're going to be running a pretty smooth offense. I agree with that. I agree with that. So you know, it's just a, it's just going to be a question of getting things going earlier. And I, I don't know if that's a uh, a game planning issue or if I, if that's a player's issue. I don't know what it is, but they've got to be sharp from the beginning. Uh, number five, they got to do more with a little bit more with Mike Wright. But you can't play with ten players either. Yeah. So. Having Will out there, I understand. I think they're trying to set something up like a double pass or something, and I get that. But by and large, all you're doing is risking injury. All it's going to take is one cornerback to go, well, I'm just going to take a shot at Will Rogers right now since I've got him sitting right here. Mm-hmm. And that could happen. Um, and what can you do? He's a receiver at that point. He's allowed to get hit. And then you're just playing with 10 guys. So I, I would I would like to see Mike Wright uh, – a little bit more. I had a lot of people saying, you know, why didn't he throw? Why didn't he throw? Why would he? Yeah. Why give that away? Yeah. All right. No need. no need to give that away in game one at all. All right. Now everybody sees him. They're going to be like, okay, he's in there to run. And so that when he does throw, he somebody should be wide open. Oh, I would go, I would go, uh, you know, RPO or something. And if you got to play it's a down quick the field. hitter to Tulu, he should be yeah. good to go. Yeah. Um, it's such a weird dynamic, man. I mean, this kid is so talented. We saw him take off. I mean, he was a shoestring away from like a 60, 70-yard run, whatever it was, when he got tackled by, by the by the shoestrings. And he almost had another big run uh, for a touchdown in the first half, I think. I forget exactly when that was. But what was it, like five carries, 94 yards or something? For right, yeah, five for 95. Five for 95. Yeah. I mean, and... With a 53-yarder in there. I look at him, and I say, there's not many guys in the SEC like this guy at quarterback. I mean, yeah. there just isn't. And he, that, the, the, the long run reminded me a lot of Nick Fitzgerald yes. before he got hurt. Yes. And here's the problem now. And I've been saying this since he got here. You can't just give him a clipboard. He's got to be a part of your offense. But it's such a weird dynamic, and you know if he starts getting in there and having success, the first thing that's going to be that's going to start popping up from this fan base is why is he not the starting quarterback? That's going to come. So it's balancing. You know, Will is your guy. Will is your is your leader out there, and also getting Mike Wright in there to to help you and give you put you in positions to succeed while also not creating this quarterback controversy that I don't think is – I mean, I think competition is good, but I don't think controversy with your quarterbacks is is great. So, I, you know, I don't really know how I feel about this. How often should Mike Wright be involved? I do agree with you. I don't think just putting Will Rogers at wide receiver yeah. is doing anything for Mississippi State. You're playing with 10 guys. Yeah. I, you know, and maybe after doing that 20 times, all of a sudden – you know, the cornerback starts biting in on Mike Wright and he hits Will Rogers and he has a you know wide open touchdown. I don't know. But mm-hmm. I mean, because the offense uh, yeah, is always that could be about, something that in in the in the red zone where yeah. yeah, where Will Will could be left alone and, and he just sort of finds his way down there. But I just it's just a, like I said, it's a weird dynamic. Um you got two completely different quarterbacks, and I think that plays into your favor 
of you know Will being a guy that can kind of manage the offense and, and throw it a little better than Mike. And then Mike is a guy that you can run things differently when he comes to the ball game. Like yeah. zone read and stuff with Mike Wright mm-hmm. is a, is a nightmare for opposing defenses that can't defend it. I would like to have seen a series of Mike Wright. Yeah, I, that's another thing. I don't like one play and he's out. Yeah. Let, let's see what he can do for a few plays. I get that only like, maybe like the red zone. Yeah. Like let him have a run, and then if it doesn't work, I right, go back to Will. But, you know, I mean, you're, at the, you're at the 30, then he takes you to the 40. Let him, let him have another run. I mean, if they could make this work like a, like a Chris Leak, Tim Tebow situation, oh. then that would be great. But more often than not. That's kind of funny when you think about it, by the way. What? If just from a, 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 a racial standpoint, it's reversed. Oh, yeah, I guess so. It's reversed. Um, but, but, I mean, the problem is nowadays you have like so much competition within your own depth chart and transfer portal and all that stuff. You don't want to screw up kind of the tension in the locker room. And I don't, you know, I don't think that these guys are like that. I mean, I think Mike Wright is a guy that is willing to do whatever like the team needs. Like that, that's. That's what I gather from him. He is a brilliant kid. I had to be to go to Vanderbilt. Very smart kid and a very, I mean, team-oriented player too. So, like, I don't think his, I don't think he's coming into this. I mean, I, I'm sure that his mindset is, I want to beat Will Rogers out and be the starting quarterback. That's everybody's mindset should be that. Right. But I don't think he has some kind of ulterior motives to, you know, put, you know, the the poison in the water well, yeah. or whatever. Yeah. But I do think that it's a delicate. It's kind of a delicate situation because you know, like I said, I mean, you know, the first thing that's going to happen mm-hmm. if he starts to have success is going to be Dak and Tyler Russell exactly. all over again. Exactly. And I and already seeing it. And well, here's the thing: I'm one of those people like you do what's best for the team. Right. If Mike Wright gives you the best chance to succeed in this offense and succeed for Mississippi State, he needs to be starting. But if it's not, then, I mean, if, if Will is the unquestioned guy and the guy that needs to be the starting quarterback, then I think that it's it's one of those deals that's kind of a tricky you know, situation because you don't want it to create a something in the fan base where everybody starts – people start booing if if Will goes on the field. And if you think that's not going to happen, then you got another thing coming because that's happened before at Mississippi State. So, I don't know. But I, I do think that – you got to get him involved. Yeah, more he's got to be a big part of this offense because there's just nobody on this offense mm-hmm. like Mike Wright. Yeah. Uh, number six, I didn't have any issues with State defensively other than the one scoring drive, and really it's just one play on third and twenty on a screen pass. You can't give you can't give that up. You missed what three four tackles where you had the guy behind the the line to gain. Other than that. You know, I, I guess they didn't force a turnover yesterday. Is that correct? They didn't. They, 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 no, no fumbles. Yeah, no turnovers of any kind. So, oh yeah, no, no, they did. They did. They did force one fumble. So, yeah, that was uh, Nate Watson. Yeah. I, I, defensively, they were just they were just solid. They were just all over the field. They were good. Uh, there's no, there's no really there's just no complaints. I just don't have complaints about that particular uh, that particular area of the field. Yeah, I mean it was the the one drive was bad and there was definitely some, you know, inconsistencies. You know, I didn't think they looked kind of slow at times and I wonder how much that was just, you know, kind of going through the motions playing the FCS team. Yeah. That that's that's the kind of the elephant in the room that people don't want to talk about. I mean, and you're supposed to be pumped up for every game, but it just doesn't happen every game like that. 
Um, and, you know, sometimes you overlook your opponent or you don't – you kind of tread a little – you know, you're, you're not out there just going 100% at every single play. And I don't want to, you know, speculate those guys weren't doing that, but they didn't look like as fast. You know, I, I don't really – I don't know how to explain it, but they just kind of looked like they were going in slow motion for a little bit. Second half, I felt like they had a, a lot more energy in them. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure that had a lot to do with Zach Arnett probably peeling paint off of the locker room walls when he went in there because he was not very happy on the uh, halftime show from what I was uh, what I heard. Yeah, <laughs> heard he, uh, he nearly he almost, got almost dropped fine. A, almost dropped a bomb in there. Yeah, he? yeah, he did. Uh, number seven. I don't want anybody to panic here, and that's funny, kind of funny because the next thing is about panic too. I don't want anybody to panic. I don't want anybody to get alarmed. I don't want uh, anybody to, to jump to any massive, you know, conclusions or anything. But I'm just going to tell you that Mississippi State might be good on special teams. It's happening. Now, it's been a long time since we could have that discussion. But, you know, and we didn't see Xavier Tobbins yesterday, so didn't have a, an idea of what he could do on the punt returns. Um we got the information. So just for heads up, I think we've been talking about it. Robbie and I recorded our Friday podcast on Wednesday. And we didn't get the information that Xavier Thomas uh, was going to be out until Thursday. So if you heard us talk about Xavier Thomas and you were like, what happened? Uh, that, that's what happened. Yes. Uh, but yeah, so he didn't play. Tulu Griffin, obviously not a lot of kickoffs to, to go with anyway. What, two? But And he was injured for one of Did them. Did he run one back? No, he he, 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 he was he was go. out there for the opening kickoff. He took that that went into the end zone, and then he was not out there for the second kickoff. And that one was touchback too, I think. No, Simeon Price returned that one, I believe. Did he? I believe. Oh. Okay. So I don't remember. Um, punting was was perfectly acceptable. Uh, I thought that that Keelan Crimmins was I mean, he was okay. Uh, you know, state average what? Uh, Where special teams at? And it's like the uh, forty. And I said, I'm sorry, thirty-seven and a half per punt. But he only had two kicks, and they, one of them was. Was inside the twenty when he when it was downed. And you got to remember too, this is a this is a rugby style punter. This, yeah, a little it, different. It's not going to be uh, not going to be that high driving spiral. Yeah, going to be a little Christen. different. So I mean, the yards per punt, mm-hmm. like just not going to be as important mm-hmm. to them anymore. But and then most importantly is the true freshman kicker Kyle Ferry with two field goals, forty seven and forty nine yards. Uh, miss was going to miss the first, the second field goal, but Selah called a timeout and gave him another shot, and he uh, he took full advantage of that. Um, really impressed with him. Yeah. Can, you, I, can I you imagine having too. a kicker in for the next four years? Oh, um, it's. Uh, can you imagine if you have a true freshman kicker and you're like, oh wait, he's good. I mean, when was the last time you that don't happened? have to worry about it? When was the last time that happened? It's been forever. Was Jace Christman a freshman when he? He was like a, a sophomore. He got, you got what three years out of him, but he he transferred. But he still, still got three years. I mean, he yeah. was solid. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's been a while. But this kid, like, he's got the accuracy in in the leg. I mean, both of those kicks he had were forty two plus. I think the second one was like what forty six. Mm-hmm. I forget the exact distance, but those aren't easy kicks. And Mississippi State has definitely not counted those as no. uh, you know, makes when the guy goes out there, automatic. For a true freshman, I was super impressed with that, For a tr- by the way. True freshman, in that atmosphere, he never played in an atmosphere like that in his life. Last year, this time, he was kicking at a high school in Arkansas. 
mm-hmm. um, kicking well, by the way. And he comes into that situation and nails not one but two. And the second one was was much more pressure packed for yeah, him. Yeah, into the half right, like that. Yeah, yeah. Get state some momentum. They tried to they ice him. Tried to ice him. Didn't work. So yeah, I mean this kid. You you keep kicking like that, even if and when Nick Barmira is able to come back, it's going to be tough for him to beat that kid out. Yeah. And he's got a little moxie to him too. Yeah. He's got he's got confidence. So that's good. I mean, the like state, that, yeah. it has been a long time since state has has really been able to rely on a kicker and yeah. feel good when a kicker goes out there. You're probably going to make this field goal, and that's good. And I think I don't think Eric Mealy gets enough credit because the last two years special They've teams been good. have been good. You know, last year they dealt with those with injuries and stuff like that, and I thought that he I thought Mealy really did a good job of piecing things together in the kicking game. Mm-hmm. And then, obviously, the, the return game was one of, if not the best, kick and punt return units mm-hmm. in the entire SEC with Tula Griffin and Xavion Thomas. Yeah. So I, I think Eric Mealy is doing a great job. Doing and that's not just because we both bond over Boardtown Pizza. Yeah. And our love of the Sopranos. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, number eight, there's no reason to panic. But there was almost reason to panic. There, there, there were moments there where you're just like, eh. almost interception. There was Hugh a, Kellenberger I'm Kellenbergering it. Yes. <laughs> uh, yeah. I, I mean, I understand. I understand why people were upset in the first half. Yeah. And, and somebody, I think Stephen Gustinelli made this point. Who uh, runs the On Three site? I'm gonna start giving him some media. Uh, cachet. He runs the on three side. He doesn't deserve that. Don't get that's don't, my that's my family now. You better watch yourself. His you do you want his ego to get bigger than it already is? He calls himself six pack. Didn't you didn't you not want to call people by their internet name? Well he calls himself he's the godfather. What do you Well that's true. About? He he himself is the godfather on six pack. Just want, I just want his I want his ego to match his physical stature. <laughs> I'm just mad because yesterday I'm standing up trying to get him to Johnny look at attention. us. He's just he looking look around us. like, look over here. Acknowledge us. You dope. Anyway, but he made a good point. He's like, I love if, you, Steven. If, if you reverse these halves, nobody cares. If State's nobody up cares. 28-0 at the, fir- at the end of the second quarter and it finishes 48-7, everybody's like, Kind of coasted. Yeah, nobody cares. But because of the way it played out, people are, there's no reason to panic. But I understand that there was almost reason to panic. Yeah. So if you were mad in the second quarter, if you were looking around going, what the hell's going on? I'm with you. I understand. It's no big deal. Don't mm-hmm. feel bad. You weren't alone. No, I I completely understood the uh skepticism by people at the yeah. beginning of the game. That I mean, do not do not take what I said earlier about, you know, fans getting going off the edge. Don't don't take that as I didn't think that you had a reason to be upset. Right. Three points in the first quarter is alarming yeah. to a team like Southeastern Louisiana. Failing to to move the ball consistently and and things like that offensively and then defensively not coming out and, and dominating the way that um, they didn't do, I guess, in the first half, that was alarming. That was, I mean, because you're about to play in the next four weeks, you're about to play Arizona, who I still think State can, can win that game, but after Arizona, you got LSU, South Carolina, and Alabama. Yeah, I mean, you're about to get your old check pretty quick here. Yeah, um, and this is going to be probably the toughest stretch that you face all season long. If you play like that against any of those three teams, you're going to lose, and could lose against 
uh, Arizona if you have four quarters like that. So, yes, that's concerning for a team that has not proven anything yet, that, that their only win under Zach Arnett coming in was against Illinois. And, you know, a couple of those players aren't here and a couple of those coaches aren't here. So there was reason for concern. But another thing, Brian, I, mm-hmm. I don't know what your last one is, but I, I wanted to get this in. Mm-hmm. The, the air raid cult at this point is ridiculous. Well, they're a cult. They are a cult. And what makes me what makes me the most angry about this group of people is they're making this a Mississippi State versus Mike Leach thing, and they're bringing they're they're making it like Mississippi State spit on Mike Leach and didn't want to like keep his legacy with the air raid and things like that, and they're making it a battle between Mississippi State or Mississippi State fans and Mike Leach, mm-hmm. and to me that's very disrespectful. First of all. Because nobody's saying that, you know, Mike Leach wasn't a great coach or, you know, what Mike Leach did in his career wasn't commendable or anything like that. But just simply pointing out that Mississippi State's offense the last three years was not good mm-hmm. is statistically backed up. Yeah. And yesterday, yeah, I mean, those people were just, it's at the point now they're so vindictive, they are pulling for Mississippi State to not have success. These are pe- these are Mississippi State fans that have latched on to a an ideal, mm-hmm. a system, instead of going along and waiting and seeing what they have on offense. They want Mississippi State to lose, mm-hmm. and you, you, the people that are listening to this that are in that group, you can say that's not the case all you want to, but it, we we can see it and what you're saying when you say that the offense was poor yesterday and they had one of the best the the Numbers they put up yesterday would have been the second best offensive game that they had last year. Mm-hmm. From a because I looked it up, forty-one points offensively and five hundred plus State yards. Scored forty. No, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. <laughs> My God. Well, actually, forty-one points and five hundred plus yards. That was done once last year. Mm-hmm. That was done in the first game of the season against Memphis, where the, the offense scored forty-one or more points and had five hundred plus yards. State did not do that any other time last year. So this game, which is the first game under Kevin Barbet as the offensive coordinator, and is the first you know home game of the season, so mm-hmm. there's rust to knock off, would have been one of the best offensive games that Mississippi State had last year. Yeah. And for three years. Yeah. So the fact that we're sitting here, you know, calling that offensive performance poor mm-hmm. while trying to prop up the offense that was ranked in the sixties last year just seems to me to be a little dull of a conversation. And it continues by a group of people, and these are people that I think are fine human beings, but can we please move on from this? It's an everyday occurrence, and there's nothing – they're now backed into a corner to the point where they're picking one or two things to harp on while ignoring the mountain of evidence – that's stated by everybody else. Yeah. And I just like I just want it to end. Yeah. You're a Mississippi State fan that is cheering for Mississippi State to you, not have success. You're gonna need you're gonna need a lot of wins this year to get these people to be quiet. You're gonna need eight. I don't nine think wins. It, I mean I, I think even then the Well, I mean, is as long as the team is good offensively, they'll be it, they'll have to shut up at some point. I think they have to at some point. We'll see though. Other but, Colts don't shut up. I mean so my I not... my only th- my, own, my like my main thing with it is the Acting like Mississippi State's offense the last three years was was so dominant. Yeah, yeah it wasn't. 
And by the way, I hate to break it to some people that said that you need to keep a lot of these other people on the staff. Yeah. Steve Spurrier Jr. at Tulsa, they ran the ball like 40-something times the other day. Yeah, so I didn't see I, that. You know, it, that's, that's a hard pill to swallow, I know. But, yeah, they had 260. They ran the ball 49 times. So it doesn't appear that he is uh, running the air raid mm. in the way that people wanted him to. Mm. 20 passes. What did Western Kentucky rushes. do? They re- they threw the ball a, a lot more. I think they threw the ball 50 times. They ran it 23 times. That's, I mean, 23 runs is probably is plenty, though. And that's so. the thing. like Nobody's running the air raid like they want yeah. it to be run. I know. All right, last one. I don't know that I've ever stolen a thing that is true from another uh, college football uh, analyst, but I'm still one here. It's not really. She's not really an analyst. She's Josh Pate's Meemaw, who says, "Is she real? If she is, she's the greatest Meemaw that I've ever come across." Uh, make observations, don't draw conclusions from week one. Yes. Let's 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 try to let's try to do that this week. Let's make observations and not draw conclusions from anything we saw. This now, look, North Carolina and South Carolina played right. That's two Power Five teams going at it. Two good teams. You can draw conclusions from that game, yeah. right? You can. Uh, LSU, Florida State tonight. You can probably draw some conclusions from that. You can't draw a single conclusion from Mississippi State, Southeastern Louisiana. You shouldn't anyway. No. So, but well, you can make observations. Well, a conclusion I would have drawn yesterday is if things went badly. Yeah, you go. I would have said this is a big problem. Yeah, that's 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 not what you want. I, like I said, coming in, I didn't, I didn't take away anything that I wasn't already thinking coming into the season. Yeah. So I mean, I the team is. I don't believe the team is going to be, you know, any better than I predicted or any worse. I'm at still. This point. I'm still on eight and four. Yeah. Nothing's might, changed. And I'll be totally honest with you, I'm closer to 9-3 and three because I watched South Carolina. Yes. Now, you win that South Carolina game, which I have them winning. I do not. The the, the season trajectory, I think, changes. Changes, yeah. So we'll see. Again, if you're 3-2 and two coming out of that. Yeah, you're fine. You're in good shape. So, All right. We've been waiting for it. It's time to talk about something important. Let's talk about something important. Put that coffee down. Coffee's for closers only. Coffee is for closers is brought to you by our friends over at Strange Brew Coffee House. That's all the ad read they're getting there today. Uh, for State, I thought the offensive line was the, the 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 unit that had the worst day. I know I say that on a day where they rushed for three hundred yards, mm-hmm. but it just felt like early in the game, especially they were having some trouble opening holes. They were having trouble protecting Will Rogers at times. It's a nitpick because they end up having 500 yards of offense, but they were of all the units that got off to a slow start, they got off to the slowest, in my opinion. Yeah, and they they need to be a whole lot better. Yeah, I mean they were not getting the push that they should get against Southeastern Louisiana. Right. But again, uh, and I know we've said this whole time that this offensive line will be able to handle this transition, but that doesn't mean that they're not going to have some bumps in the road early. I mean that they still have to get, you know, cohesive as a unit, and I think they will. I think by the end of the year, that's going to be a big part of this offense. In the SEC, this was an easy choice: the Florida Gators. No coffee down there in Florida. Billy Napier, uh, you know, their nickname for him is Sun Belt Billy. I, he's going to be back in the Sun Belt right sooner rather than later, and I do believe our old friend Scott Strickland's going to be joining him somewhere. 
uh, along those lines. I'm looking for. I'm really looking forward to uh, associate athletic director in charge of marketing at Auburn, Scott Strickland. Oh yeah, just go ahead and get 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 the entire department get to be the band State. back together. Um, Florida's bad. Yeah. Um, and and, and I, 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 I th- it was one of those things like I thought about it during the offseason, but it never really hit me until I watched them play, and I was like, the University of Florida could not go out and find a better quarterback than Graham Mertz. Yeah, really? Yeah, that's. And then you have and the 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 the, the, the cherry on top is Jaden Rashada going to Arizona State and having a great first game. Oh yeah, it's like he he would he would he would be the starter. He would be the starting quarterback at Florida. Here's the problem with Florida and with Billy Napier. You can see when a coach is a really good coach. I mean, to me, mm-hmm. players are the most important thing that you can have. And that the players are the ones that – Zach Arnett said it on Saturday. Players are the ones that make the plays. They're the ones that put in the work, all that stuff. And he mentioned, and this is so true, the coaches a lot of times they have a negative effect on the game more than a positive effect. They can screw things up. And I think that's the case with Napier. Like, wouldn't they be consistently getting better if he was running a great program? Mm-hmm. To me, I would see improvement from this team. Last year, they got worse. Yeah. And then you go on the road facing a Utah team, which missing, is a good Utah team. but Missing they, their starting quarterback, though. They got one of the best quarterbacks they've ever had, mm-hmm. and he's not playing. Yeah. And they was the guy like a redshirt freshman that was the quarterback? Or True freshman. True freshman? Yeah. I mean, th- they looked – Incapable. What was the score of that game if Cam Rising plays? Oh yeah, it's like forty-eight to nothing, probably. Yeah. So so and, and like you know, this is a top fifteen roster. So let's not try to act like he yeah, doesn't the, have the talents it. there. I mean, this but, isn't you know, Dan Mullen inherited a solid roster at Mississippi mm-hmm. State when he got here, but it was nowhere near what Florida has and what he left in Billy Napier's hands. Yeah. And the, they didn't have a great situation, but at the same time, you got four and five stars. Everywhere. On your team, like yeah. I, and just simply recruiting a top five class to me doesn't really no sell me. If he's not, if he, if their team's not getting better, yeah, that's it's gonna be tough. I mean, they the buyout's really high too. It, yeah, somebody's gonna have to sell thirty million dollars worth of something, and then you're gonna money. have to pay somebody a ton of money because mm-hmm. nobody's gonna want to jump into that. What's Kiffin's buyout? I mean, do I you mean, think he wants to do that? Yes. I think he'd have to get out of Ole Miss. Think so? Yeah, I think so. But I mean, he just got nine million. I mean, he'll get for, ten, he'll get for winning eight games. Hey, yeah, but I don't know. We'll see. We'll see. You fired you fired a coach that went to the SEC championship mm-hmm. uh, the year before, I think. And you fired a coach. And then you fired, fired a coach him who went to two SEC championship games. Yes. So, all right. McElwain Number three actually had more success, I guess, than Mullen left on a little more success yeah. than Mullen had. Yeah. Number three, we've never done this. I've never had two teams from the same game get no coffee. You think, hey, there's a winner and a loser. But if you haven't seen this, by the way, I I retweeted it. I I encourage you to check it out. The Virginia State-Norfolk State game. Have you seen this? I didn't even know there was a Virginia State. Okay. Virginia State sitting on their own like five- or six-yard line with five seconds left, up three. Now, what does common sense tell you to do there? Take a safety. Yes. Take a safety, kick it off, game's over. Yes. Or run around in the end zone and see if you can't kill the last five seconds, right? Kid takes the snap and runs out of bounds. One second left on the clock. 
Oh, my gosh. So they think they've won the game. And the rest are like, no, there's one second left. Oh, no. What I mean, what an incredible brain fart, right? All you got to do is take the safety and you win the game. So the turnover on downs? Turnover on downs. Oh, it was fourth down. Oh, no. It was fourth down. Turnover on downs. So Norfolk State comes out to kick the field goal to tie it. And it gets blocked. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Nobody's, what a swing of emotions. Nobody's getting any dang coffee out of that game. All right. Yeah, no, the, nobody's that's a the winner. biggest brain fart I may have ever seen. That's it's up there on, on on that's up there with like Steve Lyons taking his pants off when he got the first base that time. <laughs> that is an incredible. Like the coach is just like, why? And then they blocked the field goal. Oh my god! Like how happy was that quarterback that that field goal got blocked? He might have oh, been yeah. left. He might have been left. He might have been left on the bus. So many people are off the hook after that. Oh my gosh! I've never seen that. I, again, think about Norfolk you, I, State. The Sickos committee retweeted the video. I have retweeted it. I told, I said, if that ever happened to Mississippi State, that you would, be would my, simply pass away. It'd be my last podcast. Yeah, the things I would say would they'd be like, Brian, you've gone too far this time. <laughs> so, no coffee <laughs> at Virginia State into the microphone or no forks. Yeah, you would just don't even need to show up for that. <sighs> just don't even show up. Like I don't know, doctor. It might have been butter. <laughs> Your husband killed three children. So, all right. Tomorrow's show, we'll recap what Zach Arnett and the players have to tell us. After. Are we having a press conference tomorrow? We are having a press conference, even though it's no, Labor Day. We don't get Labor Day off. We don't. we got we got to labor on Labor Day. That's fine. But people are sitting at home saying, shut up. You cover sports for a living. I had to work anyway. We always have a show on Labor Day because it's oh, the yeah. first Monday after college football. Uh, so we'll have Memorial that. Day too. We usually have to work. We have our picks. I am currently one game up on Robbie Falk. We'll yeah. see what happens after after tonight's game with Mississippi or with LSU and Florida State. I put way too much faith in South Carolina. You believed Not, in eh. Spencer Rattler. Huh. Why I do believed you feel in now? Shane Beamer, but uh, eh. never again. I don't think so. All right, guys, have a great uh, Sunday, Monday, and Robbie. I, have a great Labor Day, and Robbie. And I'll be back with you on Tuesday for Robbie Falk. I'm Brian. Hey, Dad, thanks for listening to Thunder Lightning on Super Talk. Time to play the game! <laughs> <laughs> it's all about the game, and how you play it. It's all about control, and if you can take it, it's all about your death. And if you can play it, it's all about pain. And who's gonna make it? Super Talk Mississippi Media Production.